0: What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. So just in case you're new to us, we're so happy that you're here. Kathy and I started our podcast because we wanted to shed some light on some of the things they don't talk about in the big masterminds and the personal development world. She and I have been, and, and Annie, we, we've we all been in this world for a long time. This is not our first rodeo. And we decided it's so much more fun to laugh our way through technology, through life, at our humanness, which is why we started Still Human. So, Welcome, 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 and yay, we're here, we're here, I'm so excited. Oh,
1: and you know, I think, um, Annie, you, I think you've said it best, would you um, let us know once again, what does, has something to do with briefs? Connecting. Connecting. So what does, you had this
2: great intro. What does networking have to do with men's underwear?
1: And we're going to answer that question today. That's why Annie is here, among other reasons. And I'm like, that is a great headline because it makes me curious. Like, ooh, I'm gonna click
2: on that. So tell us. Well, I actually, I know one of the other questions you usually bring up is is how did I get started? So that was a job that I had. I sold men's underwear. But I have been networking for years and years and years. And interestingly, when I went on the interview, you know, I'd gone through a couple of jobs. I worked for the telephone company. That's when I first got my lead into networking and in sales. They promoted me within six months. And then I left the phone company because I aspired to be a stewardess of all things. They don't even call them that anymore. I don't know what they call them. So uh, you have to be very careful and politically correct. And I didn't quite make it as a stewardess. And then I ended up going to an employment office. And that's when I saw a job for Haynes Knitwear. And I went on the interview thinking, now, mind you, at that time, that's when those cute little displays of eggs were all over every store that you walked into. And they said, Hanes uh, uh, stockings. So knitwear, Because you have to knit the, the stockings, right? So I went on the interview, and I happened to be one of 600 applicants, believe it or not. And it was at a time in the recession. I got the job in 1975, 74, 75. And I had several incarnations prior to that.
1: And for you youngins out there, that meant gas lines, huge inflation. It, they were tough times. Big ass cars, like really big cars, ugly, five miles to the gallon. Right. And, and I used to
2: have many of those cars in all the jobs that I worked in because they gave me a company car. So I go in the interview and I interview because it was just the reverse of the job that I had before, because the job that I had prior was working for Yardley of London, where I went around, I had this big ass car that they gave me, you know, they just filled my trunk with cosmetics. And all I had to do, I was their East Coast rep. I went on an interview for sales for them. I'm kind of digressing from the original story, but I went on an interview for a sales job there after I failed at being a stewardess because I needed to have a prettier smile. They were very funny about how your teeth are, believe it or not, back then. So I needed to have some dental work done. So I said, okay, I'll put it on hold, get some dental work. I'll get a job so I can get some dental work. So I ended up working for Yardley of London. I went on the interview and they said, I wasn't qualified for sales, but they created a position for me as a sales service rep. And I had the whole entire East Coast. Well, actually not entirely. I had from Maine to Virginia. And I just went to all these stores the stores were like Eileen's and Macy's and all around, and they had behind-the-counter makeup. And I would go in and tweeze everybody's eyebrows because that was the Jean Shrimpton look from the Carnaby look from the Beatles. You know, so I'm, I'm bringing you back to like five years before. But anyway, going as I digress, I want to tell you about Haines' Knitwear when I was on that interview And Kathy was so right. We were in a recession. I was, they said, we have had over 600 applicants. And believe it or not, I got the job. So at the end of the first interview, I said, by the way, what division of Hanes is this? Thinking it's stockings. And they said, men's underwear. And I looked at them and I said, good deal, because I've got three brothers and they wear men's underwear. (laughs) Anyway, so. So that was an interesting job, you know? It was, um, believe it or not, and I don't want to put Haynes down, I'm sure they've gone through many changes over the years, but at the time, it was very sexist, I have to say. I could write a book. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, I was I was one of the first women road warriors back with Yardley of London. I mean, it was just uncanny that women were on the road selling. And I would say, I would go and stay at, at hotels and sit I didn't stay in my room i mean i i'm'm I'm, I'm a networker extrovert so I didn't want to sit in my room I could but I went down and I would go have dinner you know at night and and all these men would be looking at me because I'm the only woman alone and I think I sent out a message and I would get drinks sent over to me and I'd have to say no thank you you know because I really wasn't looking. And I did have a gentleman that I was dating at the time, and I really didn't want to mess that up. So I was really pure and straight. So I didn't fool around on the road, as many women did. Right. Well, there were.
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is so great. I wish we could have pictures. I wish we could have been flies on the wall. You know, I tell my niece she needs, I want her to watch RBG, the doc, doc about her. I'm like, you, I want you to know what it's been like. You know, a woman couldn't get a credit card in her name till 1988.
2: She couldn't get a business loan. I got a credit card at 17 because I worked for the telephone company. And there was a store in town called Imperial. And as soon as I saw, I mean, the Southern Bell Telephone Company was like three blocks away. So I had tremendous credentials and they gave me my own credit card. And I was like 17, 18 years old with my own credit card. And I bought bought my car. I gave up my Corvair Corsa. I had, in my senior year of high school, I had to get a car because I had to drive back and forth to Schenectady. So I got this Corvair Corsa. What I really wanted was a red Firebird with black interior. I got a Corvair Corsa red with black interior. And you know what? It was like it was like four on the floor, and at the time, I really wasn't that proficient in driving standard. And to this day, I still drive a standard. I will not drive an automatic. Yeah. Now I I've, I've graduated to a six speed. So
0: it's fun to, if you're not driving in Manhattan. It's fun. So no, I just love that. You know, I didn't even realize that history of night till 1988, and I remember I had. Um, I I was applying for a gym membership and they ran my credit. And I remember the guy, this was like nineteen eighty-nine or ninety and eighty-nine. And he goes, Oh, you have really good credit for a waitress. And I remember thinking, What a jerk. You know, because I had I had a gold card because I always paid my bills. I always worked hard. I, you know, anyway, but let's okay, so Annie, what does all of this have to do with men's underwear? We still didn't get.
2: Well, it, it, what does networking have to do with men's underwear? Well, it's, it's I have been a con, con, consummate networker from ever since I was born. I'm sure I was going around meeting people when walking around. I don't know. There's no pictures of me as a baby, so I don't know what I look like. But anyway, they got lost in the fire. So they say, I don't know. I think by the time I came around, I was the fifth one. They were like, done. No there was right and actually I was I was purported to be a tumor right back then my mother went they thought the doctor thought she had too many kids already and so he told her that no you're not pregnant you're you've got a tumor we need to get that out of there and she goes no I I know I'm pregnant so I mean after four you think she'd know by now right what how it feels
1: well, and and this is also yeah back to the back to the future. This is the way it was with doctors. I mean, it was just ridiculous some of the stuff that we had to live through. And I'm glad you're not a tumor.
2: <laughs> well, sometimes my husband always told me I was two more. <laughs> so, but um,
0: but you know, one of the reasons one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, Annie, is I've learned so much from getting to work with you. And help you with your stories. And, you know, you inspire me. Like, you wanted to work on your speaking. You joined NSA. And they're like, oh, would you be the president? And most people would have been like, no. And you were like, yes. And you brought all these women with you. Like, you are a trailblazer. And, you know, this is not your first rodeo. Like, you just keep reinventing yourself. And you taught me, you know, there's that whole no, like, and trust and I'm such an intense personality. And I used to be like, hey, I like the guy. He likes me. Let's go. Like, there was no, I took all the fun out of courtship and whatever. And, you know, and I realized I was doing that in business. I was like, hey, we, you know me. We met. Let's go. And, you know, you were like, Elaine, uh, I mean, I came to this on my own, but from working with you, it was just like, you know, you cannot rush the no, no, no. You know, and, and that's such an important piece. And, you know, I just, I just feel like if anybody feels like they're not good at networking, if I can get better at it, then you can too, because I was used to doing, telling jokes, you get a laugh or you don't, here's your steak, you tip me or you don't. I was used to very quick in and out kind of things. And so I'm learning how to cultivate relationships in business. And a lot of
1: it has to do with the two women here so yeah and I want to hop on and say you know the thing so what Annie I think one of the big secrets is you don't have to network the entire room no so say a little more about that
2: well and and that's um, and, and I love when I came to New Jersey and spoke at E-Women because that's when you had this incredible light bulb go off and you know this incredible thing and it's in my upcoming book Secrets of a Serial Networker And it's called my three, two, one. And it's really, you only need to meet at max three people. If you go to a networking and actually, if you can walk away with one or two people and you follow up with them, that's when you start building rapport. And if you can, you can do one or two a week and you multiply that times 52, that's how you build your lead list. You know, don't buy a lead list. You know, don't it's, 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 you don't need to. You just follow some steps. And actually, now that we're into the virtual world, it's a whole different arena. But it is. But it isn't. And so, if you can go on TV as we are right now, and you can work it virtually and do some of some incredible steps. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm putting together a, a short little book called um, "Split Seconds Connections Virtually," and I'm going to have like. 15 really quick tips that you can follow, but one of them is building rapport. And, and, and it's interesting. Somebody just posted on, Zoom, on Facebook yesterday, and they said, what's one characteristic if, that you love about yourself? And I have to say, it's my patience. And that's how you build rapport. You have to take time. You can't just slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. And that's what historically men have done. That's why sales seem so icky because men go up to people at a networking meeting and say, so what do you do? It's not like, Hey, do you come here often? (laughs) I mean, I know that's kind of, you know, overdone, but you really want to take time to meet somebody and take that time to build rapport. Because as you said, Elaine, people won't do business with you until they know, like, and trust you, and they're not going to trust you unless they like you, and they're not going to like you unless they know
0: you. I love that. I was just watching Daniel Pink in Masterclass, and he's written all these books, and he is talking about how the whole concept of sales, people automatically still think of a guy, and they think of a used car salesman kind of pushy guy who's not listening and not picking up on
2: cues.
1: Can I throw in a plaid suit made out of polyester? Yeah, but they don't
2: do that anymore. Um, and, And car salesman, I actually was interviewed for a car saleswoman job and I turned it down. I didn't want to sell cars.
0: You would have been great, but, but I, I just think that that's so great that we get to redefine. Connection and networking, and that's one reason I do love networking with women. I mean, I still love men, but um, I just thought that was fascinating. Um,
2: I love learning. Go back a little bit, though, because the reason why I talk about that in my book is is the salesman. Men are historically hunters, and so if you go to a networking meeting, it makes perfect sense because guys are looking for the hunt for the sale. And women are nurturers, they want to love you and get to know you, you know, that's, I mean, they're more involved with um, the human side of getting to know you. And they probably do that to an extreme, right, sometimes. But I don't think you can ever really get to know somebody too much to an extreme. And you've got to ask questions. I mean, there's the approach It's, you know, here's an an acronym, ask, approach somebody, you know, whether it's virtually. And then you're going to serve, not sell, which is the ask. And the K is key, unlock the door and activate
1: a relationship. So that's my little ask. I love that ask. And, you know, one of the things I heard is that the word sell actually derives from serving. So it originally comes from that. I'm not exactly sure how, but, um, but yeah. So when you think of serving in a way it is selling and you're right, we need to sort of change our mindset about what that actually is because we're doing it all the time. We've been doing it since we were kids. We just didn't call it that, you know, you can convince somebody to go to a movie that you want to see. Isn't that selling? Well, yeah. And and you want it. And
2: in my book, I in the very first chapter, I talk about networking is really, you know, just getting to know people. Um, and you've been doing it. Like, let's say, Kathy, you just moved back to Chicago, right? And so, of course, you're with your dad, and it's the pandemic and all that. But you're going around finding services in places. And so that's Networking, you're building rapport with people. So, you've been networking when somebody moves into a a new neighborhood, you know, they're networking long before. I mean, they're they're creating contacts to serve their networking. Getting to know
1: you, getting to like, uh. I love you too. You're just amazing. So, anyway. I think you're absolutely right, is just to, to let people know that you've already started. Yeah, you're networking long before you
2: need it when you move into a new neighborhood and or anything. I mean, a job. I mean, just think about it. So networking has just had a bad rap, you know, going to networking meetings. I actually love networking virtually now because everybody is in a front row seat. Nobody's sitting in the back of the room. Nobody can really hide, except some people do, and they're not being very visible. And that's not to your best advantage on virtual because there's some really key things you want to be seen and you want to make an impression. And again, those are going to be in my top 15 tips on my. So say more, when is the, when, so you've got the book. I got this another, I've had this other thing percolating. Actually, I got it half written. It's called uh, uh, split second Mm -hmm. connections. And that was going to be my book. And then the pandemic happened along with, you know, split second connections was kind of a, a miniature version of the book that I'm really writing called Secrets of a Serial Networker. But it's kind of the cliff notes, and it's hitting on just some tips. And it was called Split Second Connection, and I had started that so I could quick get that out, and then while well, I could get the big book out, right, which is going to have a little more humor to it. But but then the pandemic hit, and I had to stop, and I said, thank you, Jesus, because. If I didn't stop, I would have had something that would have been outdated. So it's taken me time to sort of bring in the virtual part of it. But the split-second connection going virtually, that's something that I'm just about done with. And I want to pop that sucker right out so we can start, you know, gaining some tips on, you know, networking virtually. Because that's where everybody's at. I love it. Pop it
0: out. I love cliff notes. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, you know, Kathy, while we're here, can you talk about how you picked your hairdresser? Like
1: that such a cool story. So, um, you know, I, I'm actually about to go get my haircut again, which is great because they're about to lock everything down here again. But um, I was interested in, um, I can relate to somebody through their story. And so I was looking around at these different salons and my husband is originally from Chicago. So he knew a lot of people. So we put the word out, who do you know who's good? But when I went to the website of this one place called Starship Salon, um, why did that have interest to you? Starship? First of all, I love the name, but second of all, they all had bios about what they were all about and who they were and what they liked. And so you got a chance to know who the people were. So you could ask for somebody and really, really connect. And so the first, so the first hairdresser she's left because she's gone off to do like skydiving. Which I mean, I I just maybe that's I don't know. I think that's fabulous. But boy, was she a good stylist. Um, but she had breast cancer at a young age, and I'm a breast cancer survivor. Ten years right now, and um, and so we had so much to talk about. You know, there's something that you have in common when you've survived something like that. And so, um, but it's about that story and about getting to know somebody that, that makes all the difference in the world. And for me as a consumer, also as an introvert consumer, that's going to be, that's going to be a big difference for me, right? It's all, it's all I can do to keep the camera going, but I keep the camera going. So when you say
2: starship immediately, you know, visually, what comes to mind is other planets.
1: (laughs) So otherworldly. Right. And a lot of these people have like one woman has a tattoo of a list, one, two, three on her arm. Um, Is that the three most important things she has to do? Well, she gets to write it in. So what will happen is if she's talking to somebody and they're like, oh, do this. She writes it on her arm. And that's how she remembers things because she was so bad at remembering things. She has a tattoo with one, two, three and lines next to it.
0: Okay, that makes me feel so much better because I used to write my, my new jokes on my palm, palm my palm pilot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're outdated. Elaine, I hate to tell you, palm pilots are outdated.
0: I know, but there's just a silly joke. So, um, so awesome. And then also, Annie, I know you were doing like Girls' Night Out.
2: You're still doing some cool virtual things. I am. I'm actually um, coming up with one for next week. So I I don't know when you're airing this, but if you're airing this and it's another month, don't worry, I've got one a month, I'll be doing some, you know, girls night out Then I want to keep uplifted and happy and, and then I've got, geez, I've got my books going and I've got my girls night out and I do a couple of events during the year which are on hold because they're in person Um, And then I've got my speaker mastery series and I'm really all about taking women from the sidelines and putting them in the spotlight. That is something I'm very, very passionate about because I see so many women who have incredible messages that the world needs to hear and they're not being heard. And so when I was with the women, I would just see, see meet these incredible women that had incredible stories. And so now that I'm with NSA, I just want to bring a few of them over and get them out and be seen. And I also do it through like my mastery series or there was a time uh, back in 2009, I launched my first conference. I did it with another woman and then I loved it. It was a lot of work um, and she didn't want to do it, but I went forward with it because a lot of the graphics and things were mine. And so that's how I got, I created the idea circle for women. And we had, that's where my first start was with doing all these events for women. Um, I used to do them with other companies when I was working on the road, which I know we've already kind of moved beyond that train. But so in 2009, I did this with this other woman, we did this incredible event and it was 26 speakers. It was um, 12 different workshops that you could attend in a day. I, I mean, it was just like a three-ring circus, and it was 150 women. It was very successful to me. We didn't make we made one dollar, I think, after everything, all the you know the money we spent and the graph. Been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> I think we each made a dollar. It was hilarious, but and I still wanted to keep going with it, and so um, I did it again and and again and again. I did it five years, and. <clears throat> I just, I loved it. I burned out because it takes all year to plan something that big. But it was amazing. And I just love bringing women to the stage and giving them a spotlight. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've just carried that through with everything I've done is just putting the focus on women and who have great messages. Yes. Stories we need to hear. So if people want to find out more about you,
0: just they go to AnnieGarlandEnterprises.com
2: thank you um, yeah that 's my website it's I had a very fancy one. This is kind of a makeshift one because i 'm going through a renaissance and um, trying to pull it all together but um, being with e, um, with National Speakers Association being president, I have a lot of time that goes into that so i 'm um, not always able to do all the things that I want to do and I have a husband I have family and kid, grandkids and so as we all have a lot in our life, even during a pandemic. Yes. Yes.
0: Awesome. So if they want to know more, they can just go to anniegarlandenterprises.com.
1: Okay. And I just want to say too, that it's so much more fun to go through a Renaissance than a rebrand. I think. Ah. thank you. I know you raised your eyebrows when I said, re- I love that. I am going through a Renaissance. That is gorgeous. Thank you. So, Annie, you have dropped so much wisdom. Now, the thing you need to know about Annie is she spells her name A-N-N-E. Lose the I, people. Lose the I, right? I pronounce the E.
2: And actually, it was always a great networking tip because it's a great networking tip. People say, Annie, but your your name tag says Ann. And I said, oh, no, no. I'm so not an Ann. You know, Princess Ann and the monarchy. I am so, I mean, Elaine and Kathy. I am so not an an. I'm an. Ann. I'm an Ann. But, but on my LinkedIn, I am A N N I E, just to make life confusing. And and I how I do my events, it's events by A-N-N-E.com. So when I'm doing an event, that's how you want to reach me. And I want to thank you for today. It's been a blast. I know it took us 49 minutes to get to the Zoom. But I think we' pulled this off, and I really wanna um
0: i 'm so glad we stuck to it and and we kept breathing, you know, I think that 's the most important thing with tech is you keep breathing and try to laugh because when you hold your
1: breath, it just makes things worse, so we did it, yeah, right, you die, Annie, thank you for so much wisdom today. Um, just beautiful, practical, wonderful wisdom, beautiful stories. And
0: Kathy Keegan, how do people find you, my dear? Oh my wicked God! It is
1: so easy. It is wicked easy to find me. Okay, it's uh, it's dot com, and um, that's with a, a Boston accent, which I've lost a little of. But Kathy with a K, Keegan with a K. Yes, 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 yes.
0: And and if and I am doing. And I am so excited. I am doing this super cool master class, the third Wednesday of every month, 4 p.m. Eastern. So that is the best way to come play with me and learn what not to do on video and what to do instead and work on your story and your video mastery. And you can find out information at Captivate the Crowd. That's with a C and another C, Captivate the Crowd. And we'll have links below too. So thank you so much. We did it. We did it. We did it. Thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Kathy. Have an awesome, awesome rest of your day, week, life. Yay. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you are here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or kathy at kathykegan.com or elaine at at captivatethecrowd.com.
1: See you next time.